and welcome to the Nordic Football Podcast. I'm Steve Wiss and on this edition we've got a special interview with Tim Capel who is a Eurosport commentator. Um, for those who've been watching uh, the Elitarian in the UK uh, you will have noticed that Eurosport have been covering the league at the moment and hopefully they can uh, continue uh, to do that uh, going forward. But um, yeah, look out for some more Nordic Football Podcast episodes coming up very soon with myself and also uh, Jonathan for Dugba. Uh, but uh, yeah, just a special one-off um, interview episode with uh, Tim Cable, which uh, I'm going to bring to you right now. Hope you uh, all enjoy it. And joining us on this edition of the Nordic Football Podcast is Tim Capel, a well-renowned uh, sports commentator in the UK and worldwide. Uh, thanks very much for uh, joining us on the Nordic Football Podcast, uh, Tim. How are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm doing very well. I'm doing a lot better since I found out that there was a, a Nordic Football Podcast, actually. When you uh, emailed me or, or tweeted the other week, I, uh, I immediately had to tune in and listen you know, to pick up you know, bits of um, nuggets of information that I could possibly use because, of course, you know, as you know, this is the, the first time anybody has ever uh, covered the league in its entirety. And I mean, we've gone from nothing to doing, you know, eight games a week, you know. So, you know, it was it was pretty useful. And so I listened yeah. to your, uh, your, your pre-season preview. Well, I hope you enjoyed the, the, the episodes, um, Tim, that you've listened to so far. And, um, of course, for those who are listening in the UK, um, Tim has been uh, commentating for Eurosport, uh, Eurosport UK. Um, a lot of matches per week. They're now covering the league. Um, I mean, if I'd said to you this time last year, you would be commentating on Norwegian Elite Serien up to three or four matches a week. What would your reaction have been? What do you mean after we stop laughing um because that's <laughs> it would have it would have never had uh any link to reality because nobody's ever done it there'd be no reason for anybody to start doing it um and then of course we we came into to lockdown um there was there was no live sport um eurosport had the rights for it and it was it seemed the the perfect uh, time to introduce the uh, the football to the wider community uh, and it's been quite well received actually i've, I've got to say yeah i mean what have you have you enjoyed um covering a, a new league like this one no uh, i so love it too? i i i love i love doing new leagues i mean you know i yeah, Premier League, we've done the Premier League, we've done the German League, done the Italian League, worked on every one of the uh, the major leagues. Uh, but doing something different uh, keeps it keeps it all fresh. Uh, so yes, indeed. And, and initially, we're only what five rounds into the season. What have you sort of thought of the quality of the Elite Serien really compared to what maybe you even expected? Uh, I think, to be fair, the the quality is um, is maybe championship standard. I think it's uh, championship, maybe Bundesliga two standard. I think it uh, it sits quite nicely alongside of uh, alongside of those. Um, you know, I mean, there's some good players. What I do like about it is the fact that we see a lot of young players coming through. I was watching Larson playing last night. You know, the uh, the the 20 year old 
who had uh, a little bit of time at, uh, at Milan. And, you know, as, as it gets more and more competitive with people looking to unearth these, uh, you know, these great players for the next generation. And, of course, after you know, Erling Haaland, you know, everybody is now thinking, well, maybe, you know, there might be some you know, real talent in Norway. So let's get over there and have a look. So, you know, it's, it's a good time, I think, to be over there. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a really good uh, future ahead for the Norwegian national team, I think. Um, we, we've talked about this on podcasts in the last year or two. It's a good generation coming through. They don't usually last very long in Norway itself. They, they move on quite quickly. I mean, uh, Jens Petter Hauger, Buda Glimp there is probably the, uh, the recent example of be moving on very quickly. But there is great young talent in, in Norway. And uh, have you found it without VAR? Because VAR is pretty much in any main league now, isn't it? But uh, not in Norway yet. And uh, I still quite like it. We've not got it there. Well, I think if you were watching last night's game between Sarpsborg and Bran, then I think you'll find that the Sarpsborg fans would have been sitting there going, if we'd have had VAR, we'd have had two penalties in this game. You have uh, the handball in, yeah. the, in the penalty area. And the referee was, you know, was not in a position to make the call because he didn't see it. Um, I, I think when you look at a league that doesn't have it and you put it up against one that does and you see decisions like that, you think, no, come on, this is ridiculous. You can't, we can't have this anymore. You know, they, they remained uh, bottom of the table. That could have uh, cost his job because he's five games and five defeats and he could easily have won that game last night if they'd have had a couple of penalty kicks. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really good for uh, the Norwegian football that Eurosport is spreading this around the world and, and in the UK. And uh, I mean, I don't know whether you will even know the answer to this question, but I mean, could you see this con continuing on a more regular basis, or do you think it's just trial and experiment for now? No, it's it's like um, it, it's the same with everybody with these with these things. It's it's trial. If there are people that enjoy watching it, people like to watch it, people engage with it, uh, then it stays on. If there is no audience for it then, you know, what, what's the point? There is no point. So it, it won't continue. So it's, you know, it's entirely down to whether or not people can, you know, get an interest in some of the teams. And, you, you know, I, I've seen it before. We have uh, in Bundesliga 2, I've, I've done Bundesliga 2 for, for a good few years. And initially that started and people were like, you can't get into any of that. And then it suddenly yeah. becomes slightly more... Uh, hip and trendy and then you find that people want to watch some Pauli and they know a bit more about Dynamo Dresden uh, then they see some of the big clubs like Hamburg getting dropped down or all of a sudden they know that Kiel has a football team and it's not just a sailing regatta once a year uh, so you know and people you know quite like it because it's you know, it's real. Everybody has a similar budget. You know, you don't look at the top of the table and find, oh, Bodo Glimpt, you know, five wins out of five. Look at them. They've got a budget of 100 million a year. Nobody's got any money to spend. And so, therefore, it's down to your, your, your coaching and your scouting, etc. And it's, it's about as fair a competition as you'll get. Nobody has a clue who really is going to be in the top four or five. Um, there is a degree of guesswork there, but that makes the competition more interesting. You're absolutely right. And I mean, last season, no, uh, most people predicted Budiglent to be relegated and they actually <laughs> finished second. Yeah, they actually finished second. I think I had them, to be fair, I think I had them 11th. 
Um, but they, they surprised everyone and they've kind of kept that going this year. But it was always seems like Christiansen always surprised me. And you're right, it's because it's not there's not such a huge gulf between the sides uh, financially and stuff. And I think there's a lot of positives about Norwegian football that the mostly games are played in a positive attacking sort of style. Um, I think the 200 fans allowed in the stadium, it, sometimes it feels like there's way more in there, doesn't it, with the yeah, microphones few, and stuff? A few of the players have, uh, have made comment I've seen about that in, in recent times. They're saying that God, it, it sounds like there's about you know two or 3,000 in there, uh, but they're well-oiled, I think, a few of those guys, because they do not stop singing. Ah, oh, I mean, there was one match, I think it was the Sarpsborg first home game. It looked like half of the town was in there. Um, the way things were, were going on, but they must have their, yeah, their special uh, you know, distancing. But I think that's really added to the games, hasn't it? It's something perhaps that um, some of the other leagues where there's no fans allowed in right now um, could maybe look at uh, when it is safe. But just 200 does make a huge difference. Well, we have a one-metre social distancing rule. You know, pubs and restaurants are being opened this weekend, so if you're going to open those, why can't you in these cavernous arenas the hold, you know, 60,000, 70,000 people. Why, why can't you have fans in there? You know, it, you know a metre, two metres apart. It's, it seems a bit bizarre, really. I'll probably get slaughtered for saying that. But it, it does. If you're going to have somebody sat in a pub, what's the difference? If they're sat watching a game yeah. of football. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they're out you know, in the fresh air. It would certainly lend something. And what they do with the club's... Uh, the the home clubs is they draw the the fans going to draw don't they and they pull out their uh, mm. their name or their ticket and if you if you're lucky you get to be one of the two hundred that goes. Yeah, I think it's a system that works quite well, and uh, I agree. If we're now uh, measures are relaxed so much, then uh, you, football would be probably one of the more safer places to actually be yeah, to have yeah. two hundred people in there, you know. But uh, anyway, let's just want to talk a little bit about you, Tim, because you have quite an extensive oh. sort of commentary <laughs> career here. And uh, do you know what? I always, I always growing up, growing up right. Um, I mean, I'm knocking on my door. I'm over 30 now, but growing up sort of teens oh, and wow. early 20s. Oh, wow, you ancient. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm watching, I'm sitting down, fire's on. It's a winter night in January, and I've got Eurosport on and the African Nations Cup's on, and I can hear you commentating on those yeah. games. And, um, I mean, you, you, you have really... Um, I suppose I could use the word been around the block a bit in terms of um, the competitions that you've covered and things. Do you have any particular favourites down the years? Um, I know you've done Olympics and stuff as well. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, AFCON was sort of inextricably linked, I think, to, to Eurosport because pretty much they've done it on and off every year since, since I was there. But... Yeah. I think it was it was probably when we used to do the uh, FIFA youth tournaments, uh, like the Under-20 World Cup, the Under-17 World Cup, some of the UEFA Under-19s, Under-21s under before, you know, everybody else got interested in them and, you know, they ended up going to, to other TV channels. Uh, the Toulon Festival down in the south of France, we used to do that. You know, the players that we used to see there, I mean, I remember the, it was 2005, I think, the under-20 the under World Cup when we, we would, had Lionel Messi and, and, and Aguero, and I remember the game against Chile where there were red cards flying around. These were fantastic games. Uh, the Copa Libertadores, again, 
was a competition we don't see anymore, but it was just uh, learning about the, the, the rivalries between the nations um, and the atmospheres that you used to get inside the grounds. I'm, I'm amazed nobody really covers the Libertadores anymore. I did, I remember doing the, uh, the infamous well, Boca River final actually last year, uh, where we used to turn up and then sit and watch the game be postponed. Uh, but I remember doing the, the, the um, game where Carlos Tevez uh, scored against uh, River Plate for Boca Juniors and went on the infamous celebration do, uh, doing the chicken impression running up the pitch and was uh, promptly sent off because they were obviously River Plate's nickname was the, well, I'll give you the first half of it, the chicken something or others. Uh, and uh, that was sort of the way in which they gave away the uh, the championship back in the late 60s. Uh, but th those were amazing nights because usually you were doing a commentary about 10, 11 o'clock, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, whenever we used to do games from Santos in Brazil, you know, you'd always know that when you got to half time, when the fans, when the players came out for the second half, they'd all let fireworks off. There was never any wind in the air. And so, therefore, the smoke used to mean that the game was halted. You know, um, I remember we had a, a stoppage at, uh, at River Play. I think, I think Diego Simeone was the coach uh, back then when somebody from an executive box threw a lump of ice at, and, and it hit the assistant. <laughs> You know, and I mean, all these type of uh, things that have gone on. And also, uh, I have to say, one of the other great competitions that we, we did for many, many years up until the last one was the, was the Women's World Cup, actually. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that, is, that is really interesting stuff, uh, Tim. But I mean, um, I mean, you, you, you covered so many different... <laughs> you've, you've covered so many different events and leagues and cups and whatever. Just just a brief insight into, to the listeners here. What is it, sort of research and stuff does it take? For example, just covering a Norwegian game, how much um, research and time do you have to do into before you're doing a game? Well, it, we're, the, I, you have a routine. Okay, so you will know you will know the basic things that you want. You know, you will want to know the the histories, the careers of the players. You want to know the uh, the team formations, the team shapes. You want to know the uh, the stats in the previous games. Yeah, you can do as much or as little as you want. I like details, actually, yeah. so I tend to do a lot. I don't ever. I, most of the time, you'd never use half of it, but there will always be a time you know, where things go quiet or something comes up and you think, oh, glad I got that, you know. Um, we sat down, I mean, talking about the, the women's game, we did a, we were doing the European Championship and this is a, this is a very good indication of, of that because we, we came on air, it started to pour down with rain, uh, it was Germany who were playing, I can't remember who they were playing, and I was with um, Sue Smith. Um, we came on air for a 7.30 kickoff, so we came on air at 7.20. The game was delayed at 7.25, and they left us on air for an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> what <laughs> did you talk zero. about? What did we talk about? I think we covered every subject known to man. The only thing we didn't actually come up with a, a conclusion to was the meaning of life. Uh, so, uh, But, yeah, those are the things that can happen. So, you know, it, it's a good... Yeah, I, it, it's a good day. I, li I, I like to spend probably a day putting things together. But I'll, if I know I'm doing a game at the end of the week, 
you'll you'll slowly start you know from the the beginning of the week you'll do a bit on the monday and then as you build up to the kickoff time you know you'll be following you know whatever the news is or whatever so you know yeah, it's, it's really interesting, is that? And, um, you know, I've noticed that in certain uh, tidbits uh, that you put in, um, uh, in in the Norwegian commentary, like this uh, last night with uh, Sarpsborg's worst ever start to a season in, in however many years. I mean, I didn't actually know that. Uh, it was, uh, but, you know, stuff like that that just puts in, it makes a big difference to the uh, the viewer, doesn't it? Well, I think it... I, I, I like to think it does. I mean, some people... The, will often go on about the use of meaningless statistics but there is there is a story to be told i mean it is storytelling this really you know it's, there's no point in me you know, repeating what you can see with your own eyes which is why you know sometimes some of the co-coms you have yes and you just think well, actually you know give me something from your career as a player right that you can see that i can't instead of yeah. he jumped well and wasn't that a good goal you know it's like come on do you prefer do you prefer commentating on your own or with uh, like someone else it depends on the relationship that you've got with the people that you're working with i've been lucky because i've worked with some great people yeah some really good people down the years um and you, you know you build up a rapport and when you once you build up a rapport it becomes more than just um, a discussion about a game. You know, things will bounce off each other. You know, it's like a double act. Um, So I I like doing both. I would rather do it on my own if it's somebody that can't be asked to do any work. Um, But, you know, um, the the majority are, are pretty good. I mean, you. I must say, you've got an absolutely magnificent voice, uh, Tim. I'm sure. I'm sure it's been remarked on before. It's a fantastic voice, and I was thinking the other day that has got to be a podcast voice. And uh, I was looking you up. I was looking you up, and you do the Real Madrid podcast. Tell, yeah. tell us a little bit about that. Well, that that started off right because I, I did used to do uh, used to do the, the Spanish League for a while, um, and sometimes you. you you pick up a, a sort of I don't know you have an affinity with with a club and I, and it can be for bizarre reasons um, and I like the club you know I like the club I like the team I like the players and and I was looking at um, podcasts and this was the, I mean this started a few few years ago and I was developing you know, a few ideas and I do but I do three of them now. And I just thought, right, okay, well, the biggest club in the world uh, doesn't actually have one. They don't do it, actually. So I thought, well, I'll do one. And I didn't want it to be a uh, one of these where you, you, you sit down and, and criticise everything about the club and you just rip it apart and people with you know meaningless views and opinions because at the end of the day, who gives a toss what I think? Uh, but so what it is is it's a it's a media review. They generate a huge amount of news and stories and, and press, and so twice a week usually um, I, I put it together with what's been making news, uh, who's writing about what, what the transfer rumours and speculation are, because everybody loves that, don't they? They love you know names being linked, 
do a, a little statistical look back at the previous game. You know, a little bit of a statistical look maybe at the, the upcoming game. Put it together. Do it all in 10 to 12 minutes so as people don't get bored to death listening to you. Um, and, yeah, then do it from there. So I do one of those. Uh, I do one called the Talking Sports Books podcast, uh, which is quite popular, um, which is about sports literature, uh, because there isn't anything, again, about sports literature, yet there is a huge number of sports books that are uh, written and produced uh, and released every month. So uh, every month I choose book, books, one or two books, and we get the authors or I get the authors on and we talk about the book and the history and yeah, the stories and the background stories. And um, yeah, I do that. And uh, my other love, of course, is um, music. So I do, uh, I do quite a, a long one on the, uh, the classic rock podcast, which concentrates on music of a specific type. <laughs> It's loud, uh, so I do that, and that's quite popular as well, actually, especially in the in the states, believe it or not. Um, uh, yeah, so I do I do all of those as well. Yeah, I was listening to a few of those episodes of the Real Madrid podcast, and I have to say they were they were quite informative and they sounded pretty good. So yeah, guys, check check that podcast out and uh, hear t- Tim's uh, wonderful uh, podcast. Uh, well, you you know how difficult it is to keep to keep people interested in listening to something for for any any length of time and it's difficult to get you know guests on it's difficult to keep things relevant all the time it's not easy you know but podcasts are still a a fantastic medium and now the fact that that people have smartphones you have smart speakers you can call podcasts up literally all the time you can listen to them anyway anywhere they're becoming more and more and more popular Mm. Oh yeah, if you're driving to work or driving anywhere in the oh, car, absolutely. people listen to it anyway. You know, it's uh, they're really becoming big now. But uh, just before we finish, don't want to keep you too long, Tim. But just before yeah, we worry. finish, let's go back to Norway. Um, yes. And um, you know, have you developed sort of an affinity to any Norwegian team yet? Would you say? And who yes. do you see <laughs> winning the title this year? Have I? Uh, well, it would have to be somebody that I have uh, done a few games with. And so the, the affinity that I've uh, picked up with one particular club is Bran. Oh, really interesting yeah. one. Oh, well, well-supported club. Well-supported club. But, uh, I mean, you know, I, I have to say. So that was uh, the first couple of games that we did, the uh, the game against uh, Haggerston and, and the, the Derby game against uh, Viking. And I'm thinking this is a this is a really good team. Yeah, there are limited changes to the starting lineup. Uh, so the team almost picks itself. So the coach uh, Lars Arne Nielsen is is comfortable uh, with his with his back four. He's comfortable with his shape. Um, they have some good young players. This guy Kolskogen, the the central defender, uh, just 19 is. He looks very, very mature player. I like Bamba uh, up front. He and uh, Coombson have got a good thing going there. Barman. Barman, the only irritating thing about Barman is he doesn't involve himself as much in the game as he should do. He's got some really quality touches. He's provided two great assists, uh, but he drifts in and out of games. Taylor's a hard worker and Christensen. I don't know where he gets the energy from, quite frankly. He's up and I down he's that flank. Been the best left back in the league this season, I think, Christiansen. He's um, been amazing, actually. But, wow. Uh, 
we had we actually had uh, an episode named after Barman uh, a couple of years ago. We had a shocking game against Rosenberg, and uh, we called the episode title "Happy Hour for RBK." Oh um, well, that's how bad he, he was. But um, <laughs> he's done he well this year. But but old. Um, but then they they started to look really sloppy against uh, Allison. They ended up drawing two two, and then we did the game against to Rosenborg and they had a fantastic start to the game yeah they you know from the moment they they kicked off they were right at uh, Rosenborg they got the early goal Coombson's goal after what five minutes might have even been before that and then you just thought you know the game is there for them to take and then they just sat back and ended up losing 2-1 it, it was bizarre really uh, and last night it's last night uh, they arguably didn't deserve to win, and they did. I know it's a funny old uh, game, isn't it? Really, sometimes it's football, and uh, you I know think they, somebody uh, said that before, haven't they? <laughs> it's, it's a men- I think Brian, it's a mental thing. Um, the coach uh, has actually—he's had a good season so far, but uh, he sometimes gets in his shell a bit, and there's a bit of negativity there with, with Brian. But uh, I it looks seen, like I haven't seen um, Bodo Clint yet. Uh, to be yeah. to be honest, it's one of the the teams that I haven't seen. But it's funny, you know, when you're talking to people and saying, "Oh, by the way, we're you know doing uh, Norwegian football," yeah, the the initial reaction, the first things they say. And I was talking to somebody this afternoon. Uh, actually, you might remember him. Remember fantasy football? Yeah. The uh, the pro. I was talking to Stato, who's um, who's. Not particularly well at the moment. He's he's in hospital, so he's going for a bit of a rough time. Um, but I was talking to him, and I said, "Oh, Norwegian football, good. <laughs> Wellington Boots, Egil Olsen, communist." <laughs> it's it is funny, isn't it? You know, oh, and then man. you know, if you're a Tottenham, but I mean, otherwise people will, will start to mention oh, Eric Torsved, Eric the Viking. You know, if you've got any Spurs fans or Stefan <laughs> Everson. Everson always comes up. Rosenberg always come up. That well, team that was in the Champions League all the well, time. I remember all. I I always remember Bayern Munich going going there and uh, Franz Beckenbauer being utterly dismissive. Yeah, so like, we're going to yeah Rosenborg. Yes, uh, from Norway. Yeah, maybe a club that really these clubs shouldn't be on the same pitch as, as Bayern Munich. Um, and I think they drew on them. I think it was 2-2, but Rosenborg gave them a real, real good going over for 90 minutes. Bayern Munich were very lucky. I think I think Rosenborg actually got Mourinho the sack at to Chelsea once as well, uh, if memory serves me correctly. Or they uh, came very close to getting in the sack anyway. But, um, yeah, they, I mean, going forward, I mean, you, you'll be looking forward to hopefully commentating on these Norwegian games for quite a bit of time. Yeah, with listen, a bit of I, I, it, it's good that I hope... Initially, they were we were only going to do the first uh, three match rounds, uh, but it's gone on into uh, June and July... And so we, we'll have to see. So, but like I said, if if people listen or people watch, then it will continue. If there's no audience for it, and there are other things that are vying for, you know, the space on air, then obviously it will um, it will go. But it's interesting because they have the rights as well for the Swedish league, uh, so throughout Europe. So you know, you never know. You may end up seeing that in in time on there as well. Yeah, my, my co-host of this podcast, Jonathan for Dugway, would be very, very excited if uh, the Swedish League was shown over here in the UK, <laughs> I must say. Uh, but yeah, as well, for, for now, we're really enjoying uh, 
Eurosport covering uh, the Alita Serian. We're really enjoying uh, your commentary. Uh, and the other guy, you might know his name, uh, really good stuff as well uh, in, in the other match that he does uh, each, uh, each round. Yes. I'll tell you one of the, 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 thing, the other good things about this is you, you do country research, right, about, you know, country culture and whatever. Well, I've ended up sitting there thinking I quite fancy going to Norway now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if you're going to go to Norway, then uh, you've got to be prepared to pay 10 quid a pint. Um, well, yeah, not, that is uh, the... It's not cheap out there. But yeah, it's a no, lovely, it's lovely... What? The, some of the scenery in the... Uh, and the fjords and all the mountains it's absolutely fantastic but uh, yeah lot, hopefully the elitisarian continues its popularity i know the fantasy elitisarian is really popular uh, last two or three years especially um as it, it's in the main summer league uh, and uh, it's sort of people start stop playing fantasy premier league and then go to norway but uh, well this will be the uh, this will be interesting because really this is as like you say is a summer league so if there is any um, traction and people do enjoy uh, listening to this or watching it rather uh, then you know next year if it comes back at its right time which is when the premier league and every all the other european leagues are slowing down as yeah. it picks up then you will pick up more and more viewers so as the premier league ends and la liga ends and Serie A ends now you might find that it gets a bit more popular because it has there's a full schedule through august of games so maybe more people will will come to uh, watch we hope. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. And uh, well, Tim Cable, thanks so very much for your time uh, no appearing on the Nordic Football Podcast. Keep up the good work on uh, on the commentary of the Elite Serian, and I very much look forward to. Uh, Excellent, right? No problem. To hearing some more of uh, the games that you're covering uh, on Eurosport. Thanks again. Okay, well that rounds uh, off this uh, particular episode. Uh, thanks once again to Tim. Um, if you want to check him out on Twitter, then uh, give him a follow at Tim Capel. Um, you can, of course, follow the Nordic Football Podcast on Twitter at Nordic Footpod. You can follow me, Steve Wiss, on Twitter at Meatman Soccer, and uh, Jonathan Fadugba as well at JF Football. So, um, yeah, uh, also maybe check out Eurosport UK uh, on Twitter. If you're enjoying the coverage of the Elite Serian on TV, pop them a message and uh, basically tell them how much, uh, how great it is. So, uh, that's going to be it for this uh, edition of the Nordic Football Podcast. We'll be back again very soon. Thanks very much uh, for listening. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Tim and uh, catch you around uh, next time. Stay safe. Take care. Goodbye.